and welcome back to another episode of the Double Dunk Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thanks so much for tuning in today to the Black Monday edition of the show. We have two absolute loser football fans talking football today. Mr. Eric Warner is beside me. Who's the bigger loser today? <sighs> I, I'm the bigger loser today. It has to be. It's me. It's me. It's an easy. I don't know. You're you you're going to the playoffs. Your season's not dead. Mine's dead. It's dead. You're dead. I'm dead. I'm wow. dead inside. Dead on the outside. <laughs> oh, I am man. just an absolute clown. Well, which we I both- can't believe it's like you. Ha- you're still alive. You're going to the playoffs, and this is this is how you're starting the podcast. There's never been worse mojo surrounding a playoff team in the history of the league than the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Oof. That's I mean. Take. Let's get right into it. That that was pathetic, man. Yeah, okay, so Eagles Giants. Let's just dive into it. Let's let's get all the small talk out of the way. Eagles lose twenty seven ten to the New York Giants. Tyrod Taylor absolutely torches the Eagles. Twenty three of thirty two for three hundred thirty five total yards and a touchdown. He only has thirty seven games in his career with fifteen plus drop packs. That was the best success rate and EPA per play Tyrod Taylor has had his entire career. Oh. Warren Z, how should I feel right now? I want you to tell me. <sighs> I, this was the first time I bet on the Eagles in this game. I was Good fully you. expecting was, them yeah. to come and bounce in and like bounce back. You should have just walked aside and let money on fire. I pretty much did. That's like exactly what happened because that game was over like five minutes in. There was, you could tell five minutes in the Eagles were not, did not want to play football. It's funny because they're going to probably say that they knew they were, that they didn't need the win and that they came into that game thinking we don't need to win, like, like we, there's nothing to play for. Every single starter was playing, except for Darius Slade, Devonta Smith, and DeAndre Swift. It was 24-0 by the time the Cowboys even got a lead. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they, they yeah. were trying to win. Like, they yeah. came to win. They came to play. And I also thought, like, the Giants, hey, you had a chance at getting the number three overall pick or the f- number four overall pick if you lose. That was a factor in the bet. But obviously the Giants came out and tried to win because – yeah, it was Tyrod Taylor's best game of his career. I'm happy for the guy. I, I liked him. I liked him way back when he was on Buffalo. 34 I'm years happy. old, he had the best game of his career in Week 18 against the Eagles that were reeling for the playoffs, trying to yeah. win playoff seating. That's crazy. Like that's that's why I love sports. Like that's oh, something I never it, saw coming. Like that's crazy. Jalen Hurts avoided disaster with his finger. Let's call it what it is. AJ Brown, he's clearly going to be banged up. Like I. Th- that's part of another factor as to why it's really hard to be excited for next week's playoff game. But they're getting the Bucks. Like you can beat the Bucks. Can Come they? on, I have no idea if they can win a football game right now. The Bucks just didn't score a touchdown against the Panthers. Like I, I think the Eagles' starting offense didn't score a touchdown against the Giants. Wow. <laughs> you, yeah, the I, last I can weeks. counter any like it's the Bucks <laughs> yeah. take with what the Eagles. Let, let's zoom out. Let's zoom out on the Eagles right now and, and just take a look what's going on. The Eagles are in a like this is a historic collapse for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. This is as bad as it gets. Like historically, like the NFL one has ever six. seen anything like yeah. this. They are one and five in their last six okay. games. They're the only team since the 1986 New York Jets to not win at least 12 plus games after starting 10 and one. The 1986 Jets had a less, like, fewer games to do it. Yeah. The Eagles had an extra game as well. On defense right now, since week 13, the Eagles defense ranks 30th in EP per play, 
30th in success rate. Warnsy, the amount of times I've watched Eagles defenders run into each other, not knowing where to go, they are completely lost on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. They tried to inject this Matt Patricia terminology and new defense midway or three quarters of the way through the season, and it's completely backfired. I can't believe it. I'm shocked at <laughs> that am, decision not paying it's, off. It's, a, it's insanity what Nick Sirianni and the levels that they've let this get to. Um, I, I don't even know what to feel right now. I, I might dress as a clown and paint my face and makeup for the week for the wild card game. That's yeah. how bad I feel right now. I don't. I can't even wrap my head around watching a playoff game right now for the team. They don't belong in the playoffs. We talked about it yesterday. If they, or we talked about it this morning. If the Bears and Eagles were to play right now, yeah, the Bears would be. I think the Bears would win, and they would be favored. They would be favored. I think, I think like, so. The Panthers might might be the team that I wouldn't that I would be confident against. Maybe, maybe <sighs> like they they're so dysfunctional. Nick Sirianni has let this get so bad where I can't even. I thinking about a year ago going. Next year, you're going to be on the microphone saying Nick Sirianni could be fired. I can't even wrap my head around that's where we're at right now. Man. There is a real possibility if the Eagles lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that Nick Sirianni's gone. Oh, I think if they lose this game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's a better chance he's fired than retained. I agree. Because you're right. It's an epic collapse. The way that they played yesterday looked like a t- they, he kind of might be lost the locker room. Yep. Like Nobody was trying. Like I've never seen an Eagles team with no... Effort. No, they quit on him. They, yeah. no, one, no one came to play. Not a single guy in a Philadelphia Eagles jersey came to play in week 18. Yeah, that it was hard to watch. But I guess I'll play devil's advocate. An area where you're, you're hopeful is they got a lot of veterans in that room. This is this is likely Jason Kelsey's last run. That's His last shot at the cup. S- it makes me sadder. Like to think like this is how Kelsey. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson. Well, Lane Johnson will probably be back, but there's a chance it, he's he's thought about retirement yeah. in the past. Him and Kelsey are as tight as any guy on that team. It makes me sick that this is the way that they're going out. I, I can't believe it's gotten to this place. Like they are this is like, this is as bad as a collapse in the NFL that I've ever seen. Like it, it's I've got people that like mm. I that I know that are like not Eagles fans going, they should fire Sirianni. Like and that's when you know it's bad because You're I'm right. still on like the fence going. How can you fire oh, this yeah, guy let's potentially? This, let's dig into the Sirianni conversation more because there's something about him. Just when the Eagles aren't playing well, he just like his shtick doesn't stick you anymore. You look at him and you're like, what is he? What is this guy doing on the sideline to like, I don't know, like to help? Like, it just he looks different when the team's struggling. I know every coach does, but he it's kind of amplified when you look at you look at him on the sidelines. I don't know, something about him. Hundred percent, and like he's got that kind of hoorah, like going at that edgy kind of vibe to him. Rally the guys around in a different way. When it works, it works. When it doesn't, it doesn't. And I don't know what Nick Sirianni is bringing to the table right that's now. Exactly the that's exactly the offensive. Yeah. The offensive scheme is a complete mess. They have zero answers for the blitz at all. Like they don't <laughs> know what to do. Wink Martindale is known to blitz all the time. Like that, like, that is what he does. And they went into that game with zero clue that it was coming. <laughs> what did they do during film? Like I don't even know what I want to be a fly on the wall in the Eagles film room sessions. Cause I want to know what they're talking about. What's happening. Jalen hurts was okay against the blitz last year. He was about middle of the pack after a bad 2020, 2021 year. He's all the way at the bottom now. This year, Jalen Hurts against the Blitz is completing 60% of his throws for only 1,300 yards, six touchdowns, eight interceptions, three dropped interceptions, with a pass rating of 74.1. PFF has him as a 28th ranked quarterback against the Blitz. The <sighs> teams, hard. teams know what to do now. Like Teams are going, this is what we're going to do against the Eagles. They right. are too stupid to watch film and stop it. 
So we're just going to keep doing it. They are losing the same way every Ooh. single week. And I, I don't, I, I'm having a hard time fathoming what this coaching staff is doing on a day to day basis. Brian Johnson's out to lunch. Matt Patricia, Sean Desire out to lunch. Nick Sirianni's completely out to lunch. The, the roster also has like some massive holes. Harry Roseman cannot get any, like, get away from criticism here. The safety and linebacker position is a complete mess. Oh, yeah. Like, Nick no, Morrow. Nick Morrow is, I, I, I don't know what that guy's got on the Eagles, some sort of blackmail, uh, but he can't play. He's unplayable. Did you I see? Actually, I'm scared for his safety in Philadelphia <laughs> right now. I, I hope he's all right. I, I've you, never seen a guy get hated on so hard. Did you see media. that Saquon Barkley big play? It was before the second quarter. I watched the, the majority of the, the game. The confusion, <laughs> the confusion on the Eagles from Nick, Saquon Barkley just going across the line of scrimmage. Like, <laughs> the whole defense was going, what do we do? I, Nick Morrow. Like, like looks like he's laughing. He doesn't know how to pick him up. Nolan Smith ends up running 60 yards downfield with him, who's a pass rusher. Like, they have no idea how to play football right now. It's, uh, it is rock bottom. And they have to play a playoff game on Monday, Wardsy. Like I said, I, I, I am an absolute loser for being an Eagles fan and having to watch that game. I, I don't even know how I'm going to do it. I don't even, again, yeah. I have to watch five more playoff games before that. I'm so pissed yeah. off they put it on Monday. I'm so upset. I was hoping it was the Saturday at 4.30 where I get with. it over with, get punched in the fucking face. And then try to and enjoy the on. rest of exactly, playoffs. Yeah. You're right. You're going to have to be sitting there in agony. We'll uh, we'll talk the Bucks, uh, the Bucks eagles game and, and the playoff games in more detail later in the week, but... I don't know, man. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to feel. I'm at a, this is this is the worst I've felt about the Eagles since 2020 when they fired Doug Peterson. The second worst I felt about the Eagles was Chip Kelly, like end a disaster when they lost to the Lions on Thanksgiving. They lost to the Dolphins, I believe, during that stretch as well. That was bad. 2020, 2012, I remember was the the dream team or the, oh, yeah. when that collapsed, yeah, right? Like that. So the, the Eagles, the Eagles' three worst point differentials since 2012 have been. 2012, 2015, and 2020. All three of those years, they fired their coach. Mm. This is their fourth worst point differential since that stretch. They're, they finished with plus five point differential. They're, if Marcus Mariota doesn't score like a garbage touchdown, they finished with a negative point differential. Marcus Mariota. Like, yeah. So the, like, it, I hope people understand like this isn't just like fan talk of me just like want to fire the coach and that classic just schmojo fan just get mad yelling at, the, yelling at people. It is that bad, and it's warranted how bad the Eagles have been. You're right. You, it's I. I can't tell you how to feel as a fan. Just as a as a gambler, I was pretty frustrated in them this weekend. I haven't decided which way I'm gonna go on the, any of the playoff games, so we will break those down later. But as for right now, I I don't know how you would be excited going into this weekend. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. I feel bad for you. They were 30 and 6 in their previous 36 games leading up to week 13. Well, that team's gone now. When I don't when, even know what's next. Like that team when, is a completely The Buffalo Bills game feels like a year ago. Well, I was just about to say when Jalen Hurts ran that ball in an overtime against the Bills after um Elliott hit the 59-yard bomb. I was bomb. feeling myself watching. I, I would have bet the Eagles were going to the Super Bowl from the NFC. Like, just as much of a chance as San Francisco. Right now, that those two teams are on different stratospheres. It, it wouldn't even be a contest. So, maybe losing to Tampa actually would be the best thing for you. So, you don't have to watch the, the Eagles I, go I, into San Francisco. Oh, The only way that they I think they got a shot of even making past the division round is if the Lions and Packers also upset 
their teams. Like if it's the full wild card sweep, so then you get to avoid Dallas, right? In the like that's it. Like that's that's where my brain's at. Like thinking of going to Dallas or San Francisco in the division round scares me. Oh, like, that's, just, yeah, that's like, terrifying. It makes me like like it makes me cringe. And I, I you might be right. Like the best thing for this organization long term might be to lose on Monday. I know it's crazy to say. Yeah, right? a playoff game. Be. But like if you beat Tampa, you get like the hopes back up the building where they could win and then you could get shellacked in the divisional like round. 50. Yeah, and then then what? Then what have we done? Like so uh, this is this team is a wreck. I get, like I said at the top, there's never been worse mojo from a playoff team in NFL history than the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Yeah, no, off the top of my head, I I'm not going to deny you on that. Dolphins, Buffalo Bills. That, that was fun, actually. That, that was good. That was, I need, good that, was, that was very uh, like therapeutic. I kind of needed that. You know? Yeah, no. I've been yeah. waiting all day to fucking yell at this stupid mic in front of me and to get that out, and it felt good. Buffalo Bills defeat the Miami Dolphins, twenty-one fourteen. AFC East champs, Warnsy. Crazy. I <laughs> the weirdest team in NFL history is the twenty twenty-three Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the Dolphins uh, four weeks ago had a ninety-seven percent chance of winning the AFC East. Rest in peace, your future's Dolphins Rest ticket. in peace. My hottest take of the offseason was the Dolphins winning the AFC East, and it doesn't come true in the end. You want to talk about the Bills or the Dolphins first? Uh, let's talk about the Bills. Let's, let's give them a little bit of love. Um, I said the, like, the, most weird, the weirdest team in NFL history. I actually believe that. Like Think, about, think about the stretch that they went on. Um, they can never get out of their own way. They fired their offensive coordinator week 10. Uh, there was talks. Like, we even talked about Sean McDermott getting fired. Um, I might mm. we have a clip on our Instagram account from like talking about that and Bills fans have found it. Oh, <laughs> it's just, just yeah. going, good take, bud. Shredded. Good take. Someone's like good take from the guy in the Blue Jays hat or something like that from your yeah. Blue Jays hat. Where they're they they have found the old Bills takes. But at the same time, like I, I still stick by my statement where the it was they went out of their way to cause complete chaos and they probably didn't have to fire Ken Dorsey and all that. Like the stats are hilarious. Since from weeks one to eleven. The Bills' offense was third in EPA per play. And first, the success rate. They had the highest success rate in the NFL when they fired their offensive coordinator. Baffling. Mm-hmm. From weeks 11 to 18, they were worse on offense. Sixth in EPA per play and eighth in success rate. What changed when they fired Kendorsey was the defense. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Sean McDermott needed to fire the offensive coordinator to get a better defense because they went from 32nd in success rate to 7th. Yeah. So they they completely they got flipped some the switch. Rasul Douglas was a big yes. piece added. I yeah, I still kind of I wouldn't say it's one hundred percent that Sean McDermott's back next year. I I still don't. I'm not. There like, is a scenario. Yeah, I'm where not they s- completely choke against the Steelers like that. I feel like the only way the Buffalo Bills season ends is a Super Bowl win or a complete meltdown in the playoffs, of some sort. Like you have the worst right. loss in history of some way. But the, something you have to say about this team is they just all year they've played close, dramatic games like. Even their this three game winning streak, they've all been by one score. Like it, like just assuming they're gonna play Pittsburgh and just dominate them, it would it would be surprising because they haven't done that all year. They've been an up and down team, so I don't think it's an absolute shoe in that they're just gonna steamroll the Steelers next week. I do think that's closer. And if disaster strikes, I I wouldn't surprise me at all if Sean McDermott is gone. The next Steelers year. in the divisional round. Oh my god. Makes me sick. Steelers are playing better with Rudolph. <laughs> they are. Well, well, that game on Saturday was uh, the weather wasn't too hot, right? That, that was just a gross football game against the Ravens. It was. They got it in a greasy way. Let's get real, real here. It took a Jaguars collapse and yeah, the Bills, I know. and so. Um, TJ uh, Watt's health is massive. For yeah, that game. I uh, 
I, just, I think the Bills deserve credit like to lose Matt Milano, to lose Daquan Jones, lose Tredavious White. Oh, him and being still... back. Daquan Jones being back has mm-hmm. been huge for this defense. So I, I to, to lose all those guys during the middle of the stretch and then mm-hmm. to win the AFCs and get the number two seed, it just it's bizarre. Um, and they uh, they've completely rallied and flipped their flipped their season around. It's cool, but Bills fans should be pumped. It, that was a big win on Sunday night. It, I know Josh Josh Allen is just the craziest quarterback of all time to watch. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah, that, that fourth and two interception guys like. Shooting a three point fade away, throwing a forty yards downfield <laughs> into the end zone. Like they, they should have been like they should have had like judges rating like his interceptions. It was so chaotic. Like yeah. every one is just like up to the next one of how crazy and dumb yeah. it is. Did he finish the year with the lead in turnovers? I, I think him or Howell. I know Howell missed a couple games, so I don't know uh, how that race ended up finishing. He's either first or second in the league in turnovers. So if you're getting the highs with Josh Allen. You're gonna get the lows, but. I mean, he he's he one of second. He finished second? second. Okay, behind Sam Howell, twenty-two. Howell, twenty-three. Right on. So, Josh Allen still is one of those what three or four guys that you say as long as we have that guy on our team, we have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. So, as even with despite the turnovers, you're taking that guy every time on your team. For sure, he's a side. Yeah. My opinion, he's the second best quarterback in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes. That's my nothing's changed from my yeah, Josh Allen yeah. like evaluation. We knew this was what he was, but he's almost like upped it. And like I think they need to continue to run him. I think when he gets on the when he gets on the mm-hmm. move, we we've been preaching that for years on this podcast. The Buffalo Bills are a better team when he's running the football. He had 15 carries last night yep. against the Dolphins. Most carries on the team. Yeah. And our touchdown streak came to an end. It did. Uh, it was a tough, tough one, but it was a four-week four week stretch. So, Steady just threw two through the air. He was 30 of 38, 359 yards versus a good Miami secondary that was a little banged up. They were missing some guys, but still they had um, Jalen Ramsey out there. Uh, Stephon Diggs, like, he played better yesterday. There's still something a little going on there, eh? There's something his, fishy with the Diggs. His snap and... share is down yeah. the last three weeks. He's This is a guy who's been on the field over 95% of snaps, basically since the second he stepped foot in Buffalo. In the last three weeks, he's down around 70 65% snap share. Something, I don't know if he was banged up dealing with something and they were kind of hiding it. I don't know, but it, there's something, something fishy there. Yeah, I, I could see this conversation for a different day, but I could definitely see him not being on the roster next year if something happens. If they don't, if they don't kind of win the Super Bowl and there's money involved there. He hasn't had double digit targets um, in, in in like a few games. He did play well yesterday. Though. That 36 yard catch yeah. was huge. That Josh Allen threw to him. So um, there, I, I think this is a Super Bowl contender. I, I 100% think the Buffalo Bills can win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Yeah. No, nobody's denying that. The Miami Dolphins, kind of a different. Different vibe of conversation. Uh, how you feeling about your Dolphins right now, Warnsy? Give me, give me your take. Man, so banged up. I just, I really wish this team was at full strength because I still do believe in my preseason take that they are, they deserve to be in that upper echelon of the AFC. But losing the pat two pass rushers is just uh, what team can overcome losing two two guys. Um, I know Br- Bradley Chubb was eleven and a half sacks. I don't know if Jalen Phillips got to double digits, but. He was on pace to get to double digits. I think he had like six and a half. Okay. He was re- really good time. pressure rate. He just wasn't getting. getting yeah, they the were there. They had a stretch where they're the number one um, pressure pressure rate defense from week 10 on. That's when their defense turned the corner was week 10 when Jalen Ramsey came back. They started learning the Vic Fangio system. But 
Like Javon Holland played yesterday. You noticed the difference he made. He had been out for a while. Um, Xavier Howard is out still. Like the, up and down the roster, they're so banged up. It's hard for me to have more, the same. Mostert and Waddle on the offense. Yeah, more side injuries of the ball. to Van Ginkle and Jerome Baker done for the playoffs now. Oh, so you get those two losses. I didn't even um, know that. Yeah. Van Ginkle's our boy. Yeah, Van Ginkle had a foot injury. <laughs> yeah. He was like their best pass rusher now. He, he without so Phillips in three. Yeah. yeah, and you brought up Waddle. They looked like they missed Waddle yesterday, big time in the passing sure. game. I think this game is all about Tua Tagovailoa and kind of what the future. What looks like and can he be the guy? Because that throw at the end, I don't know what he's looking at. Throwing the <laughs> yeah. double couple to Chase Claypool. Yeah. What are we doing oh. here? Chase, Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool. That was also a terrible route. There was like ESPN, um, ESPN next gen stats or NFL next gen stats posts like the clip and they have like the dots, you know, the dots yeah. moving. <coughs> Excuse me. And the route that Chase Claypool ran on that play, like I'm watching the double. This is not the route he's supposed to be running. Like yeah. he's like trying to thinks he's going inside, then he goes outside. It was still in the double coverage. Um, not the right decision, but Claypool obviously didn't help him out there at all. Just not the right decision to make. I think yeah. two was kind of the story of him is the like, he's been two different guys this year for the first through the first ten games, seventy percent completion, one hundred six pass rating, twenty one touchdowns, only eleven turnovers, and he was in the MVP conversation. For the first bit of the year, right? Like he was up there with Brock Purdy. He was up there with all those guys to start the season as a potential MVP guy. The last seven games, pass ratings down to 93, only eight touchdowns, eight turnovers. He's been sacked 14 times during that stretch. He's just looked like a completely different guy the second half of the year. They have to pay him after this year. Yeah. And I know we're getting early. He still has a playoff game. I would be shocked if he goes into Kansas City and wins. I'd be taking a look at the weather in Kansas City. Yeah. It's supposed to be it's supposed to feel like negative thirty there. Yeah. Negative thirty it's degrees be cold. Celsius. It, it's getting <laughs> cold there. He's Does a Miami it get boy. That cold on Hawaii? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think he's used to this. That like that, that loss was huge. Like there was a it's a difference between hosting a playoff game at your stadium in the warm weather where you're comfortable to going on the road to a place like Arrowhead. But it would have been against Buffalo again. Yeah. Like, they were getting they were getting shafted either way. Whatever Wait, they're banged up, and they either have to play Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. It was pick your poison. I just think the thing with Tua is, you're right. It's really worrisome to have to pay a guy because pay a guy when when guys are banged up and out. It doesn't look like Tua has the ability to kind of lift up the others and make them better. It kind of seems like he needs the waddle. He needs the Mostert. He needs those guys. The offensive line has also been really banged up lately. That definitely has to go into effect with yeah, the 14 they, they sacks. They went into this year with a bad offensive line, and, and they're injured already. Yeah, so they got to pay two up, but they got to pay some old linemen. Like, that's... That should be priority number one for this football but team they, going forward. They don't just have to pay Tua; they have to give him a fucking huge contract. Like it's we're talking, quarter, it's the quarterback law. Yeah, it's we're the talking law five. Of the we're talking five years, two hundred fifty million <laughs> schmackerotos. Yeah. We're not talking like some cheap contract. Tua Tagovailoa's agent is going to go. I want the Burrow contract. I want the Jalen Hurts contract. That's what the Dolphins are. They're gonna have to make it's a decision. The quarterback code. You yeah. have to just take the most. That's what's, yeah. and so they're gonna have to make a decision where we either make Tua Tagovailoa a top three paid quarterback in the NFL, or we move on. And he was fourth in EPA. I know he is, yeah. but do you believe in your heart that he can win you a Super Bowl? Mike McDaniel's got to have that conversation. He has to look in the mirror. He's got to talk to general manager. He's got to talk to his front office and go like, "Is this our guy?" I think do, the whole offense and the built on speed. Requires a guy with pinpoint accuracy. I do think 
if you ask Mike McDaniel what would be the most important attribute for his quarterback, it might be accuracy. But I think Mike McDaniel's like elevating to it to get that accuracy and to make these open get these open receivers in. Like I, I, I think I don't know. There's something when this offense is clicking, it's as dynamic as any offense in the league. It's so fun to but watch. But they haven't been able when it doesn't work, it looks ugly. Yeah, they haven't it? been able to do it against winning teams this year. This mm-hmm. the Dolphins end the regular season one and five against playoff teams yeah, this year. Yeah. Negative ninety one point differential. It's the boogeyman. It's the boogeyman. Yeah. There. Uh, that's why I, I think more people think the Dolphins are frauds than not frauds. I don't think but, they're frauds potentially. I just don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. As no, not with these injuries. No. It's I before that game, I just I genuinely felt bad for Mike McDaniel's and or Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins because, like I said, they either were getting Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, like. He was getting. They were getting shafted, no matter what. Win more happens. games. Don't yeah, lose to the Tennessee lose the Titans. Titans. Don't pull that lead against the Titans. Exactly. Only the Giants and Commanders have a worse point differential against playoff teams than the Miami Dolphins heading into the playoffs. Wow, it's worrisome, man. Um, so like, I, I just, it, it's if you're a Dolphins fan, are you confident Tua can be the guy? I would have serious doubts from a Dolphins fan. I think Mike McDaniel has serious doubts going forward because like, it's not like if Tua had two years or three years off on his contract, this is a whole different conversation. But they're gonna have to pony up. It's pay. It's payday time. You waited yeah. this long. You waited for the two hundred fifty million dollar contracts to hit to hit the league, and instead of paying him early, you could have paid him last year, which probably was the right call not to. But you could have if you knew this kind of season was coming because he's had a very good year. He made the Pro Bowl, but mm, like just in mm. general, like can he elevate you over the Josh Allen's? Can he elevate you over the Patrick Mahomes? I think there's serious doubt right now. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, to well, we have to push the to a conversation down the road because what he does in Arrowhead will be, play yes. a big factor. Like he could, he could knock out Patrick Holmes at Arrowhead and this conversation flips. Yeah. Um, but I, I just wanted to put on the radar because it's definitely a conversation that's going to be had and probably we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. All right. Chicago Bears, Warren Z. The Bears. Against what? the Green Bay I, Packers. I, Eric Warren Z. Tell me how you're feeling. Uh, I l- did learn a lesson though. Um... I've been betting on the Bears recently this year, as Weekend Wagers listeners know. They've been money for me down the stretch. But I was genuinely excited for this football game. When I'm when I'm truly excited and just looking forward to the game as a Bears fan, don't bet on the Bears because they lose that game every single time. They didn't even score a touchdown against Joe Barry. Like, against Joe Barry, you couldn't get the end zone once? Like, oh, it was so frustrating. Like, the Carolina Panthers have been shut out back-to-back weeks. They hung 30 on Joe Barry. Very frustrating. The there Justin was, Fields conversation, I don't know if we want to get too yeah, into hold, it. Hold, hold that hold that thought. I want to stick on the game for a sec, like that, and then we'll, we'll, we'll zoom out. There was a play that kind of caught my eye, and I went and found it on Twitter today. In the first quarter, um, Roshan Johnson has, like, an eight-yard run in the, in the, in the, at the, towards the end of the first quarter. Then... All the starters come out. DJ Moore, all those guys come off. They put in Vilas Jones, Colin Johnson, Trent Taylor, and Robert Tunyon. They try some play-action pass. Nate Davis gets blown up. 10-yard sack drive over. Like it's, it's, really it's, almost like, it's almost like they, there's still disconnect between Luke Getze and Justin Fields heading into this game. And like what, what personnel needs to be on the field. Um, yeah. I watched majority of this game, Warnsey. I thought the Packers completely outplayed them. Oh, the the box score is way, way uglier than a 17-9 game. Yeah. Like the, the, they the Packers more than punt. doubled the Packers yardage. Punt. The Packers this was, yeah, this was a butt kicking. As, yeah. close, as much of a 17-9 like the, 
butt kicking as you have. The yards per play were 7.2 for Green Bay to 4.2 mm-hmm. for the Bears. Like, that's as big of a butt whooping as you can have. Right, the Packers went missed field oh. goal, touchdown, end of half, touchdown, fumble, field goal, end of game. The Packers didn't have very many. There was a possession. This were, game flew by. Yeah. Like, it was, it was over, weird. like, the, so the possession, there was only one, There two, was no three, penalties four, five, in the six. first half. Or they also said um, there's only 13 total possessions. Yeah, Nansen. There was only two penalties in the game, but Nansen Romo said this game ended up um, setting the season record for longest game uh, until the first penalty. Hmm. Most time elapsed until the first penalty. Good for the refs. Like, I like, like that. Let them play. Fourth, yeah, exactly. But it did make the game go by insanely yeah. quick. But like I said, I was excited for this game, and the Bears let me down. What's new? Chance to end the <laughs> Packers' season. Come on, like. They've now lost 10 straight for the Packers. straight. Matt LaFleur, Owensy, Owensy. Owens, you, a piece of your dome. I could have lived with 1-9 and nine over the last 10 if the 1 ended the Packers' season. Now it's just 0-10, and, and it's just a nightmare. It's as bad as it's been. <laughs> this rivalry is so one-sided. It's not even... It's We're losing one of the best rivalries in sports because it's not even a rivalry. <laughs> it's not even a rivalry in years, dude. <laughs> it's just an it, absolute... It's been like emphasized lately, but it's been like... Aaron Rodgers literally has owned a piece of land in Chicago. Yes. And then Jordan Love comes in and now owns you. Like it's <laughs> oh it's God. it's never ending. The nightmare free is never ending. Um before we move on to the Packers, tell me how you're feeling about the Bears' future, what they should do, head coach, yeah. quarterback, the whole shebang. Give me what you're feeling. I don't know if I want to get too much into it because I think the Bears are gonna be one of the biggest most Teams we talk about the most going forward. They have the number one pick. They, they own the offseason. Yeah, they do. They have the they most own cap the offseason last year. Yeah. <laughs> They have the most cap space. They have the number Second one Second most. The commanders or, have the most. Sorry. Yeah. I guess, yeah, Montez Sweat's yeah. on the books. <laughs> Thank you. Um, they have the number nine overall pick as well. They have a quarterback that is available for trade. I could see this offseason going down so many avenues. It's hard to pinpoint right now. But so as a Bears fan, you think they should trade Justin Fields? I think that's what's going to happen. You don't think they should? My heart. Wants to see Justin Fields do well. I bought into him when he got drafted. I said before the draft that I liked him coming out of Ohio State. He ended up as a bear. I was thrilled. So just the fandom in me wants to see him do well. I really hope he does not end up in New England. That would just shatter me because I think whoever plays quarterback for the Patriots in that offense is going to struggle. There's a very realistic chance he's a Patriot. It's one of the teams that are going to be looking for a quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. So, as of right now, it's January 8th. I fully expect the Bears to draft Caleb Williams and trade Drake, I, I think the Drake May conversation is going to be be a very weird next three months with the Drake May. Yeah, we also, I am 100% on Luke Getze being fired. He will not be around. So, the guy, in, in, if they retain Eberflus. So, yeah, yeah, Eberflus, like, do you think they should hire Matt Eberflus? Or fire Matt Eberflus, sorry. They, so as of today, so, so today hard. is, it's 6.30 p.m. right now on Monday night, and the last report we have is they're weighing options. Right. So they haven't said he's coming back, which kind of is a red flag. I do I do think Black Monday was a little bit underwhelming. We only had two firings. A lot of that, I think, was to do with the national championship game tonight and Jim Harbaugh being available probably at, what, 11.30 p.m. tonight. I think that might factor into some teams – just waiting a day to decide on their head coach. And the Bears are one of them. Now, there is reports that there's someone in Bears up top in Bears management who might have had a had previous ties to the Big Ten and was on the board that investigated Jim Harbaugh and looked into the, the scandal with the stealing signs and 
Jim Harbaugh to the Bears is basically dead. So I don't think the Bears are one of those teams waiting to see what happens with Jim Harbaugh. But Everflus, if you looked at the first half of the season, I thought it was 100% he's gone. The last half of the season, the defense has actually played well. It's It's been a top 10 unit that side of the ball for the last half of this season. And when he's a defensive guy, is it, I don't know. Do you just get rid of the guy as soon as his system and you're seeing what he's preaching and do you just get rid of it? Like, I don't know. I think it's more, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I don't know if it's more of like the defensive system. Um, this is just my philosophy in the NFL. If you take a look at the best teams in, in the league, um, the top nine offenses in EPA per play made the playoffs this year. Right. I think last year's at the top 10. It's every year now. The best offenses win games. Win. That's how the NFL is. It's not. This ain't 2002 anymore. 1995, right. where defenses dominate the league. If you have a high-powered offense and a top 10 efficient offense in the NFL, a successful offense, you will win football games. And the Bears right now are a team that has a feisty defense with the 21st-ranked EP per play offense in 2023. You are bringing in a new quarterback right now. You are bringing either Caleb Williams or Drake May. I think the best thing to do is hit that fucking button, Ryan Poles, get Matt Eberfuss out of the building, trade Justin Fields, bring in an offensive-minded head coach that you trust, either it's Ben Johnson or whoever you want, Frank Smith from Dolphins, whoever you think is capable. I trust Ryan. I think Ryan Poles has actually done, I think some of the moves he's made, like I think he's been hit or miss, but I think he's made the some hits, mistakes, yeah, but more, the hits are doing more, well. He has yeah. more hits than misses. exactly. Yeah, so I, I don't think I think Ryan Poles deserves that to to hire a next head coach after Matt Eberflus. And I think the best case for the bill or for the Bears is to move on and, and start fresh. Get get the defensive minded thing out. And get an offensive minded guy in there. Build around this new starting quarterback that you're going to have. Build around DJ Moore. You're going to have the ninth overall pick. You're probably taking an offensive lineman or a wide receiver there, right? The top 15 picks are going to be offensive guys this year in the draft. So you're going to have two new fresh offensive faces and a quarterback, wide receiver, or an offensive lineman. Get an offensive coach in there. Help build around it. I know I get Iberfus has been solid. I get it's been fun the last eight games as a Bears fan. But you guys need to stop. Bears fans have like this obsession with mediocrity for some reason. Including yeah. you. You're obsessed with like just like camp base. Like there are signs outside of Hallis Hall for telling me to keep Justin Fields today. What are we doing here, man? This like you the have most... the number one overall pick, guys. You have a chance to get a generational quarterback. How does this not excite you? How does this not like up? And you have a chance to fire a head coach, bring in an offensive-minded head coach to elevate that guy. I, I don't. I, I've we've talked about this off air many times. It has always been fire the head coach, trade Justin Fields. That's the way it should have been eight weeks ago before they started winning, and it's how it should be right now. The Bears need to reset their franchise. Yeah, and to be honest, I the way that they lost to the Packers definitely shifted my... It was one game, but it did have a big impact on my opinion of the season. And it just... 7-10 and 10 looks a lot different than 8-9 and nine and eliminating <laughs> the Packers because the Packers would have been 8-9. Yeah, nine. I, but I think they it's best... They technically finished second in the division if they won that game yeah. yesterday. Like, it... It's kind of but smoking mirrors, man. Like that win would have like, it would have been it would have like foggied all everyone's brain. Excuse right, me. But it would have been the first time in five years that this team had momentum to end a season. <laughs> I still think they have momentum. Like they're in a great spot right now. Yeah. Second most cap space. Number one overall pick. Two top ten picks. A, a chance to. You have a really good wide receiver, DJ Moore. You have up and coming offensive linemen. You got really good young guys on the defensive side of the ball. I think you can. I think there's a great chance you can replicate the success on defense with new faces in there than a chance of replicating or getting a good offense with Ibrahimovic there, if that makes yeah, sense. Like, no, I think you're right. I, I kind of I have flip-flopped. I am 
If you asked me two weeks ago or a week ago, I probably would have said keep uh, Fields, trade the first overall pick for a ransom. But now I'm on the draft Caleb Williams. I think a perfect offseason would be draft Caleb Williams, draft an O-lineman at nine, pay T. Higgins. That's mm-hmm. a perfect offseason for me, and the Chicago Bears would be a spicy, spicy story going into 2024. It's going to be a long offseason for you again, like it was last year. Plenty of uh, plenty of podcasts coming up, side dissecting what the Bears are going to do. But uh, that's my take, man. Yeah. Restart We'll be talking about the Restart Bears it. a lot. Sorry, folks. All right. The <laughs> other the other team in that game was the Green Bay Packers. Make it to the playoffs, Warren Z. Kieran, the seven seed. Warren Z, the Green Bay Packers have done it again. They have found their franchise guy. You're over there all upset as a Bears fan. You can't believe it, but accept it. Since week 10, just or Jordan Love is third in EPA per play, fourth in success rate, 70% completion percentage, 18 touchdowns, one interception, 112.7 passer rating. Jordan Love is has arrived. Jordan Love played the better. Guy. Jordan Love played better this year than Aaron Rodgers did last he year. He did. Like that's statistically, just a fact. Statistically, statistically the la- yeah, he did. every single number you could find, Jordan Love was a more efficient and better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers was last year. That's crazy. He's throwing to guys like Bo Melton. He was fifth <laughs> on the season in EPA per play. Yeah. Like he was he, come on. He's got the arm talent, he, the way he throws the ball, like you you it's all there. Like the way he runs the offense, his eyes stay downfield, he's able to avoid sacks, he's got movement in the pocket, him and Matt LaFleur are cooking. It's a great mesh. They're they're going to be a problem in the league for a long time going forward. The Green Bay Packers have the least cap spending in the NFL. 32nd in money spent this year. And they are in the playoffs. Matt LaFleur, buddy, 10-0 against the Bears. Four playoff bursts in five seasons. Sickening. He's, Just <laughs> sickening. Hey. I hate to, if you did this like right for the Cowboys to me, I would, I would puke. But Disgusting. it had to be had, man. It had to be said. I hope the Cowboys hang. Fifty on Joe Barry next week. I, I am the I opposite, buddy. I will be. I will be rooting for the Packers. Um, that's a fun game, though. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the playoff matchup at the end. But Green Bay Packers, man, holy shit! I. Uh, it was funny because we went. I went into this year liking them. I, I thought they were going to succeed. I thought it would take a while. My Packers take kind of came to fruition. You're right. Yeah, it, it did. did. It I did. said it's going to take some time. I was never the off the boat. Ro- they're the youngest roster in the NFL. Yeah, so. the least. They're only spending 100, like $25 million against the cap this year. The Jaguars are spending like 190. The Jaguars are spending $70 million more. This is like baseball. This is like the Oakland Athletics to the yeah, Yankees wow. kind of thing, right? That um, is, I didn't realize there was that big of a gap. Yeah. I just assumed every team just spent a bunch so of money. They have so many. They have so many rookie contracts, right? right? Like they have so many young guys on that offense. Like I'm, I'm love how Dontavian Wicks is turning into a baller because I was on the Dontavian Wicks train early. Yeah. Like I remember the first few games watching this guy. I'm like, this guy's got like great t- like traits the way he moves. He's got like a little AJ Brown to him. He's like their number one receiver. Like I said, Bo Melton's catching balls for this team. Like Jaden Reed's mm-hmm. turning into a star. Matt Lafleur and the Packers front office just so much credit, man. They're, they uh, they're did it ass. again. They did it again. <laughs> they did they're it gonna again. have another 10 years. They're going to have how many years of Favre, how many years of Rodgers, and now 10, 15 plus years of Jordan Love. It's remarkable. Just a bizarre franchise they are. Um, yeah. But they deserved it. I, thought, I always thought they were one of the best teams in the NFC. I'm happy the way the NFC playoffs panned out with, with the Packers and the Rams making it. because I think they were better than the Saints. Better than the Falcons, who we're about to talk about right now. So. Yeah, let's dive let's, into let's that. Let's talk carcass. about the two teams. Let's uh, do it. First, uh, let's before we start. What did you make of Jameis Winston handing the ball off to Jamal Williams? Jameis Williams, Jameis Winston going rogue is like my favorite thing really? of the season. Ignoring Dennis Allen, I thought it was you can't lie that yeah. wasn't hilarious. And after, I, 
I just hated that they did it from victory formation. Yes, I think there's I'm, a code. I, I, I agree there's like... If they just ran a play, it's different than doing it from victory formation. But him going rogue was the funniest thing. Of the yeah, year. and like it wasn't just Jameis Winston. Like Eric the McCoy, uh, their starting center, said, "Yeah, we all we all decided that as a unit." And like, so I don't I don't think it should be known as remember when Jameis Winston went rogue. Like, it's like <laughs> kind of the whole Saints offense, and that's why I am shocked that at six forty four p.m. right now, Dennis Allen is still the coach of the Saints because you're. Your team basically just gave you the middle finger. <laughs> said, you we're throwing you under the bus. Like, <laughs> And the other thing about that is Arthur Smith had the right to be pissed. Yeah, he I would have been pissed, he too. screaming at him. And Dennis Allen's going, I understand. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this coach trying to get in the way and break them up. Arthur yeah. Smith, you can see like his face is getting red. Oh, my God. I, I was laughing so hard on my yeah. way home from work at that yesterday. Um, but... I think Arthur Smith had every right to be pissed off. You're, you're, you're definitely onto something there. Like the victory formation is kind of scummy. Uh, the whole code. and but at at the same time, you got inter- you got the ball intercepted. You got to the one yard line. You know, like they should have probably just ran a play if they want to get Jamal Williams a touchdown. What's also hilarious about this: Jameis Winston didn't give an f at the press conference oh, after. No. He was laughing about it. Yeah. He was like, he said, Dave, we already scored 41 points. What's another seven points? <laughs> 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 yeah, Winston, I did, he, had, he did have a good point where he's like, what was the difference if our cornerback just ran that back yeah. in or something? He's like, what if the, on the interception we just scored? Like, what, would that have been not classy? I don't know. Oh, my God. Jameis Winston's the funniest guy in the league. Yeah, I'm that's crazy. Um, all right, well, we got time to talk about the Saints another time. Um, they're still kind of deb- they're still figuring out their uh, their coaches. Sorry, I'm crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're, they're still figuring out if Dennis Allen's going to stick around. There are reports that John Gruden's in the building, potentially taking an offensive play calling job or something like that. So they're they're a team we can discuss next week. But the Falcons fired Arthur Smith, warranty. The axe came down at Mr. Arthur Smith. Oh one, we got the report. The Falcons sent out a message to all the reporters at midnight and said. It's happening. Yep. Uh, everybody saw that coming. It's three years in a row of seven and ten. I mean, it's right in front of you. He's not improving the unit. Like, what What more evidence do you need? That's three years of just meteorocracy stuck in the middle. I know you despise the Falcons for some. You got some. I do. You do, too. What are you I talking about? Both? They're this frustrated. Is the, we, are, we are a. This is a. Against. This is a. Like, what, a, an anti-Falcons podcast. I've hated this team from the start. So have you. You bet yeah, on them this week like, again, and I told you I not did. to do it. I know. I fell into the Falcons trap once again. I think so, but you're doing the Falcons thing, there's aren't you? You're like, I am. <laughs> there's something about, <laughs> about Bijan that just brings me in. I'm like, he has a green light matchup. He had like 200 yards of offense in this game. Like, uh, there's just something so frustrating about this team. And looking at Arthur Smith and his weird face just always got gets me mad. And I hope that... I think there's talent on this roster. If a new coach comes in, gets a new quarterback, I'm going to fall into this trap again. Yeah, 100%. I, I like this <laughs> roster. I like the I team. I, I hate the way it's constructed. Let's let's backpedal a little bit to Arthur Smith. Um, he 100% deserves to be fired. Yeah. I think this is the right call. Um, Arthur Blank. I wrote a story um, on Sunday morning when I got to work about Arthur Blank. The owner was calling trusted like, people around the league going, what do I do? He doesn't even know what to do. And I think this, yeah. this, I think this game made the call. Which I also think is kind of not good process. Like one game shouldn't dictate if you're going to fire or hire a head coach. Um, but I, I'm assuming Arthur Blank probably had some kind of feeling like this is a collapse. That like they've lost four. They lost four of the last five games. They had the easy schedule in the NFL according to betting markets. 
Mm-hmm. The offense and defense ranked 24th in, D- in DVOA, both. So they were a bottom eight team on offense, a bottom eight team on defense. And the Atlanta Falcons run game was supposed to be elite this year. They have the fourth most expensive offensive line in the NFL. They drafted a generational running back in B. John Robinson, and they finished 28th in rushing success rate. That's crazy. That's that's so why he got fired. And he 100% deserved to be fired because of that. They had like this third best rush game last year with Cordero Patterson. They, like what the hell happened? They finished the top 12 in EPN offense last year. Yeah. And they completely fell off. After they started spending money. The Falcons ranked 28th in cap spending last year. Warnsy, they've ranked 12th this year. They went all in. Not all in, but they pushed a lot of the chips on the table. They signed Jesse Bates. They signed David Onyemata. They signed... Um, Clayus Campbell. Like they signed yeah. guys. They put yeah. money on the offense side of the ball. They 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 re-upped a lot of the a lot of guys on the on the offensive line. Like they said, we can win the NFC South right now. Here are our chips in. Here's the money. Let's go do it. And they completely fell on their face. Yeah, yeah. That's and also Arthur Smith's arrogant, rude. The yeah. way he talks to reporters, just not a nice guy. Like if I'm a Falcons player, I'm probably pumped. I, I don't think he's probably a guy you want to play for. And I also don't. I. I I'm kind of pushing back on like the feel bad for him. Put like fuck that. His dad's a fucking CEO of FedEx. Yeah, the guy can go fall in a pot of money. This guy's a billionaire. I don't need to feel bad for Arthur Smith. Screw you. Yeah, no, I don't, definitely don't feel bad for him. This team needs to address the quarterback position. I do think it's an easy fix. Like that's straight up. Desmond Ritter is the reason this team is yes, not in the playoffs. That, it, it's not all fair to rip Arthur Smith like for the whole collapse because he was never given a quarterback. I also don't know what the conversations were like. Did he want to keep Desmond Ritter? Did he not want to go get someone better? Right? Like, the, yeah. did those conversations happen? He, he, it sounded like he backed Ritter the entire offseason, right? Like he wanted this. He thought he could make Desmond Ritter into a top twelve quarterback, and it didn't happen. So you're right. The quarterback yeah, needs to get. Fixed. But I, I do think Arthur Smith's ego of going into the year saying like, "Oh, we have Desmond Ritter. Don't worry, I can coach him up." To like that might have probably that's what did him in. I mean, three years in a row, this team has had top eight picks. They've gone four. Eight, eight. All three times they didn't draft a quarterback. That's Arthur Smith saying, don't worry, I can trust my system. Look at what I got out of Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. We might have to just do a little talk on that end of an era in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I enjoyed watching that game for them. But back to Arthur Smith, it just, it it was, he Desmond Ritter was a disaster this season. Let's call it what it is. He was 27th on the year in EPA per play. The guys behind him were like Josh Dobbs, Bryce Young, Aiden O'Connell. Like he's in that grouping of quarterbacks. Zach Wilson is on an island down below there. It's actually frightening mm. looking at his EPA numbers. Um, but Desmond Ritter was really bad. Taylor Heineke wasn't much better. And you fix that position. I do think this team would be the favorites to win the NFC South next year if they bring in a competent quarterback. Yeah, like if I'm a, we were talking before the show, if I'm a head coach, um, like a, a Ben Johnson from the Lions or uh, Frank Smith from the, the, the Dolphins, any offensive mind head coach, any head coach in general, defensive head coach, doesn't matter what you, who what side of the ball your your specialty is, I would love to take the Falcons job. Um, I don't think Arthur Blank's a, a terrible owner. I think he's a good owner. I think uh, Terry Frontenac or Terry Frontenute, uh, or I can't remember exactly the GM's name. Wow, I don't know the GM. That's this is supposed bad, to be, this is supposed to be my specialty. Uh, it's supposed it to be used spo- to be the Canadian guy, wasn't it? Uh, have a Canadian there, Terry like- Fontan- Fontenot. Fontenot. I I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's been there for a bit. They've actually kind of demoted him. 
Um, they're in their statement. They said the CEO Rich McKay and Arthur Blank will be leading the head coaching surf with advice from Terry Fontenat. So it sounds oh, wow. like he's kind of taking a back seat in the building a little bit. Um, but I, uh, I think it's a great place to go. Like there, you got Drake London, who I, I think Drake London's a really good player. Yeah, like I, I think he's kind of getting. I think he was underutilized. I, I think he oh, didn't get enough under, credit for there. Underutilized is the word that should be yeah. emphasized. Especially with a guy like Kyle Pitts, like yeah, you guys fantasy like the fantasy community. <laughs> they just, probably they, popping bottles today. Yeah, popping <laughs> bottles. Arthur Smith's gone. The Batman's gone. The internet rarely like agrees on everything. One hundred percent. You have rare things, but it's fantasy circles and underutilization of Kyle Pitts. Like that community, there's it's a one hundred percent onboard agreement. And like, yeah, I'm excited to see what this offense can look like with a competent quarterback and a competent offensive coordinator. Because I do think. The potential is the potential is there for this offense. Justin Fields in a Dirty Bird jersey next year. What do you think about that? They had a chance to draft them. Yeah, like they could have drafted them so easily. They can, they, so they easy. can fix their mistake. They can, they can they can take away the devil, take away the curses. Um, but they're uh, I I I 100 agree with you. I, I think this team's got a lot for going for it. Um, we're gonna be talking about a team that doesn't in a minute. So I uh, in the same division. So yeah, I, I, I think I think the I think the Falcons are gonna be okay. I think this was the right call. So Falcons fans should uh, keep their head up. The, you got a lot. You got a lot going for your franchise. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the other team in the NFC South uh, that was active on Black Monday as well this morning. The Carolina Panthers fired their general manager Scott Fitterer after three seasons. Yeah, why didn't they do this when they fired Frank Wright? <laughs> don't get it. Like, man. that was just a, he was just a walking, like. <laughs> just get him with Frank Wright. Why are you keeping him around I for another three years? Yeah, like, it almost just feels, like, rude. I don't know. Oh, like, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ridiculous. Um, the Carolina Panthers became the only team in NFL history to not have a fourth quarter lead in any game this season, Warnsey. Here's a stat for you. They were a mess this season. Two and fifteen. Bryce Young did not play well at all. He looked terrible. He was thrown to the wolves with no help. I would have serious concern. Uh, I have serious. I as a Bryce Young guy, as a guy that thought Bryce Young should have been number one overall, and still a Bryce Young believer, and still think he can be a good quarterback. I have serious concerns about him going forward and and what that offense is going to look like. They have no weapons. They have very little young talent. Brian Burns is your best player on the defensive side of the ball. You have to pay him a big contract. Uh, yeah. You have to pitch up like $25 plus million. Dollars. Trade him, Derek, so. Derek Brown has the most bizarre stat warranty. Do you know a defensive tackle, Derek Brown, finished with more than 100 tackles this season? No way. Derek Brown. That's an uh, animal. He had over 100 tackles as a defensive tackle. I this knew season. he was having a big year. I didn't know it was that big. Insane stat to Jeez, have. They got some talent on the defense, but this offense, I'm, I'm really worried about the. Just look at the last five games of the year. They had that big game against uh, Joe Barry. They hung 30 that game. They still ended up losing the game, but at least Bryce Young at least looked competent in that. The other four games to finish their season, they didn't reach double digits once. They didn't score a touchdown. They haven't scored a touchdown since Christmas. They haven't scored a yeah. point since Christmas. A single in point. four of their last five games, they didn't score a touchdown. Like This offense is as rock bottom as rock bottom can get right now. I had red flags about Bryce Young going into the year. They are brighter red. I don't know how how else to describe it. What I was worried about, you are seeing, and it's size. He's not he's not growing three inches and putting on sixty pounds next off season. That's that's my concern with him. I don't care who's coaching. I don't have I don't have I don't have very much ex- optimism about this team next year. And I right when the Bears made that trade with them, I was like, this is a home run. Like there there is a route where the Bears. 
get another top five pick. It ended up being the number one pick by two games. Yeah, like they they, they, like, they clinched it a couple games ago. It's like it's like the owner David Tepper, who's just a complete a hole. I don't even Dick. know if anybody wants this coaching job uh, and GM job to be honest, because like he there's this video of him throwing out the drink at a fan. Like we know that, but there's way dicier stuff with this guy. He is not somebody I think there will be a long list of people willing to work for and. Like it's like Tepper basically looked at the GM and said, "You traded that pick to the Bears. I'm keeping you here to watch that and just wait until it's clinched. <laughs> it's number one. You're out of here, buddy." And, and uh, David Tepper 100 percent had say in drafting Bryce Young. Oh, 100 percent he did. He he's, he's, like he's, the... he's, he's using everyone else's scapegoats. He was definitely involved and definitely pushed for him. 100. percent He seems like the most controlling owner. Like the he's the worst hands on. Like I wouldn't. I it's obviously I'd love to like be a GM in the NFL, but like if guys have two options and the Panthers is one, I, they're picking the other option. Yeah, Carolina has an ownership problem big time right now. Like if yeah. I'm a Panthers fan, I'm I I would be I'd be pissed. There's nothing worse as a fan in the NFL than having an owner problem with your team. Yeah. Ask my dad. My dad has 30 years of experience of it. Yeah. Like, you can't fire the owner. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? You can fire yeah. the general manager. Like, the owner can't, like, he doesn't leave. And Tepper just bought the team a few, like, what, six years ago? Was it 2017, mm-hmm. 2018? So he's mm-hmm. sticking around for a bit. I like he's selling it. Like, I, I, I think he replaced Dan Snyder as the worst owner in sports. But, of course, like, I'm not saying Tepper. Tepper doesn't have the sexual assault allegations and all that stuff. But he yeah. has the asshole traits of a bad yeah. owner. Like, throwing the drink, like you said, was an awful mm-hmm. move. There's other stuff behind the scenes. He's been an asshole. He's fired coaches spontaneously. He fired Ron Rivera. He's now fired Matt Rule. He's now fired um, Frank Reich in the middle of seasons. Mm-hmm. He, he's sporadic. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, I do think there's something to Scott Fitter being fired, though. Like, I don't hate the move i hate the timing of it like mm-hmm. the sam darnold trade was a disaster for for disaster. scott fitter the christian mccaffrey trade now looking back oh, on it disaster do you know christian mccaffrey is 3300 yards since he was traded to the 49ers total so in 3300 he's got over 3000 yards and they dealt him not even they dealt him a year and a half ago when they get he, a third and a they fifth? got a second a fifth in a six, I think. I don't know exactly Whatever what they is, got. Whatever it is, it's nowhere near enough. Like trading the first overall pick alone yeah, is and a fireable. Yeah, and you package like you package DJ and Moore. DJ with Moore, it. yeah. Why not try to trade Brian Burns, the guy that needs to be traded? Like the Bears probably would have maybe jumped at that or something. If you needed know. to add a player onto it, I don't know if DJ Moore was the right guy. Obviously to add not when you're adding a young quarterback yeah. who needs a DJ Moore for his development. And like, and the contracts that they signed this offseason to try to build around Bryce Young were a mess. They signed. Hayden Hurst to a three-year deal. That's been a disaster. He's been out with a concussion even before that. He had 185 yards. Miles Sanders, three-year contract. That's been a mess. He only has 432 yards. Hayden Hurst and Miles Sanders combined for less than 650 yards together. Those are your two kind of big tight end running back signings. Adam Thielen only has 237 yards down the stretch in the last seven games. He has not been good either for for them. And who could, like, you hated the contract before. DJ Shark. Is the reason Panthers didn't cover this week? Yeah. I mean, he's done to me. <laughs> that Never Antoine Winfield say, play? All my homies don't like DJ Antoine Chark. Winfield said, keep me out of the Pro Bowl. Fucking watch this. I'm taking a touchdown <laughs> yeah. away. Uh, Antoine Winfield got absolutely robbed from the Pro Bowl, and he he backed it up there. But, um, yeah, this is uh, – if I'm a Panthers fan, I, I don't know how I'm feeling right now. This is a bad situation. Bad, it's rock bad. bottom. It's because rock they bottom. don't have – their 13th in cap space right now. They don't have a lot of, like, expiring contracts or contracts they can really get out of. They don't have draft capital. They don't draft to the second round. Uh, they don't have like other draft picks behind that. I think they have like two fifth round picks and a six. They've got like five or six draft picks. 
nine of the 17 Panthers draft picks over the last two years are not on the roster right now. Come on. The guys are drafting aren't sticking around. Like they're not drafting talent. So this is ugly. And I, I don't see it kind of getting better anytime soon. I feel bad for Bryce Young, man. Yeah. No. He's up against it. Yeah. He's gonna he's obviously gonna be the starter next year. I'm but I'm gonna say, like, what's the I th- I don't think he's guaranteed anything after week eight. Yeah, like I, I'm getting a hold. Like I'm not saying Bryce Young is a bust yeah. yet, or right? not even close there. I need like week eight, week ten. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see what, what happens week around 10. him. It's funny you were talking about like bad like coaches not wanting to go there. He's got a notification that they've requested an interview. Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator. Yeah, he's probably going to fucking he's go from, there. He's from Charlotte. Yeah, so it's his hometown. That would be the only thing I get. I guess he's got to take that as like respect to his hometown. Just yeah. that interview. He can he's he can go anywhere. He can, he'll be in the number. Do you think him or Harbaugh is number one on the list? I would want Ben Johnson if I'm a team right now. Right. Any like depending on what your philosophy is. Like if like I said, my philosophy is hire a young offensive coach. Yeah. With a young quarterback, that is the way you build sustained success in the NFL. And Ben Johnson's step one, and then you get the quarterback, and and it goes from there. Yeah. Um. Interesting. We're about to transition over to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have some breaking news out of Jacksonville. They've fired defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell and his entire coaching staff. So big changes in Jacksonville. Let's talk about the Jags choking away a playoff spot too. Oh, down the stretch, we just talked. We just beat the pulp out of the Panthers. The only team the Jags beat over the last seven weeks of the season was the Carolina Panthers. That's, I mean, I guess the Eagles are going to the playoffs, but you started the show saying they're. They've fallen off a cliff. I think the Jags fell, fell off a bigger cliff. No, 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 Don't even go there, buddy. Don't even go there. The Eagles are of an epic collapse. This is not. I think the Jags are up there, man. One not even not even close to as bad as the Jags. The Eagles lost to the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks, looking for get playoff seating. The Eagles got the Eagles won their previous ten games. The Jaguars only won eight of those. That's why it looks as bad. But the Jaguars obviously collapse. But I think the Eagles collapse is like on a historic level. Compared to Jacksonville, um, yeah, eight and three, and you don't make the playoffs. Yeah, they're the second team in NFL history to start the year eight and three and not make a playoffs. And there's an extra playoff spot now. Like, you know that's hard to do. You know what's funny? I remember today when I was doing the research. Uh, after I think it was week eight, they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and all the players were taking the terrible towels oh, and running yeah. with them and that throwing them around and like story. pretending to wipe their ass with them and shit like that. The Steelers are in the playoffs right now. The Jaguars are three and six. Do you that believe game. in Juju? Yeah, you believe exactly. That's karma? karma right there. Um, this the Jaguars fell off a cliff from week thirteen. They were thirtieth in defensive success rate and twenty fifth in offensive success rate. They could not stop people from moving the ball, and they could not move the ball. Thirty second in rush success rate by a big margin down the last seven games. They can't. They could not help out Trevor Lawrence. They could not run the football at all. Um, I think Lawrence deserves some blame. For that for that game, he had a couple bad turnovers. I also thought he played okay and well enough Dude, to win, he, but he didn't like he, he was didn't hurt. Out. He yeah. played. He, he's bad. playing through a high ankle sprain, a shoulder. shoulder. A high ankle sprain is a six week Dude, injury he usually. Was, he was missing receivers by two, three feet. Yeah. Like it was, there were some throws that weren't like Calvin Johnson wasn't catching those yeah. balls. Like it was, they weren't even in the area code. He he finished the year seventeenth in EPA per play. Like he was a he was the grocery stick this year. He was right in the middle. Like. Above him was I above like that average. Term. I like yeah. that term. The Kirk like, Cousins. <laughs> like him and him and Derek Carr are the grocery stick quarterbacks <laughs> this year. They're smack dab in the middle of EPA per play. 
above Trevor Lawrence was above average quarterback play. Less than him was below yeah. average quarterback play. It was that's not what you're expecting from no. the number one pick. I my take looks so bad going into I, the I year. think he's I think he's I think he still very talented. As, I still, had this guy as my MVP. Yeah. Like, he did not he did not I think a lot of stuff fell out uh, fell out around him, sorry. And I talked about the run game. That was a disaster. The offensive line is a mess too. Offensive they, they, line's a disaster. They have a terrible offensive line, so I'm to navigate through that. I think is also impressive. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars finished number one in cap spending this year. That's they were so the most wild. expensive team in the league. They got and nothing they, on defense. They finished eight and three and could not get to ten wins to win the AFC freaking South. It's all you needed was ten wins and you couldn't get that after being the most expensive team. One year ago today, Jags fans were wearing clown outfits. To games to w- try to get Trent Bulky fired. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks good now. Jags fans should maybe do that again. Week one. Trent Bulky's been terrible. The draft picks have been yeah. bad. Devin Lloyd's been a disaster. Zay Jones and Christian Kirk are due for $37 million combined next season. They have no wide receiver room. They have little young talent on both sides of the ball. No pass rush. No offensive line. Holes everywhere. And a quarterback that's going to get paid over the next year or two. They had a clean slate like two years ago. Remember? Yeah, with Remember? a ton of cap, ton of cap space. And you're starting number one overall Trevor pick. Lawrence, yeah, the golden boy. You had everything going for you. Yeah. And you've completely fell on your face. Every year, it seems like there's a slam dunk winner to the AFC South, and like they never do it. They always choke away an easy division. And this year, that was the Jacksonville Jaguars. They shooting yourself in the oh. foot. They finished they finish 29th in EPA loss on fumbles and 30th on EPA loss by drops. Yeah, like, and I mean, over that stretch, too, don't forget they had a num- another number one overall pick. Trevon Walker, it's been two is years. Is he alive? <laughs> like, what is that? Does he play football? It's been two years, and looking like one of my draft takes is correct, that Sauce Gardner will be the player yes. from that draft. I will hold that take and remind everybody every season. But Trevon Walker being number one overall pick, it was it was a widely criticized pick. It wasn't a hot take to say, why are you taking Javon Walker number one overall? And it has not worked no. at all. Like if Aiden I don't even know he's, would be, I don't even know he's playing. Like I, yeah. I don't even know he's alive. Josh Allen has actually developed. He's looking like yeah, at least a good player. He's their best defensive player. They have to pay him soon. Yeah. Or probably now, actually. Now yeah, that I think he's got a contract it. coming up. So as he was well. drafted the year after Josh Allen, I believe. And they were both <laughs> the seventh same pick, overall. Right? Yeah. yeah. Bizarre. So wild. And how wild is that he's got an interception against Josh Allen? Mm-hmm. That's one of the coolest coolest things you'll see in sports. So but. Uh, they're they're firing their whole defensive staff. Um so big changes there. They uh they've got a lot of kind of they got an interesting offseason coming up. They they gotta they gotta get a whole new, like basically offensive line, like three new starters. They need new wide receivers. I talked about this before the episode that the way the uh the contingencies on the draft pick went with Calvin Ridley, where if they yeah, sign into a contract, yeah. it goes from a third round pick to a second round pick. So like they have to make a decision on Ridley, who I think they should resign. Like, like who, I don't know what you're doing if you don't. Like they need receivers in the a, building. I have a mock up right here where they have your boy Keon Coleman at 17. Yeah, I don't know if he's my boy anymore. Really disappointed well, you down so the many, stretch? Yeah, with so many draft takes, I I got cooking in my brain. Then I need to get fired oh, off at some point. I always look forward to your wide receiver yeah. uh, takes. Roma Dunze <laughs> now was playing tonight. That's yeah. a guy that I've been really he kind of slotted in for. number nine. There's a chance after this game he is not the yeah. number nine overall pick anymore. 
So what like, disappointing season for Jacksonville? Anything else on Jacksonville before you want to talk to Tennessee? I have a Derrick Henry take that I'm cooking up that I want to talk about on on next episode. Okay, because, leave but, a little uh, nugget. Yeah, like, a little I've nugget. Think, I thought about this take when I was doing the pre episode. I'm like, I don't have enough information on it yet, enough stats to to back it up. But yeah, I'm leaving like a, a cliffhanger for a Derrick Henry take. <laughs> Weird, but I'll that talk. I'll bring wanna, it up next episode. That you want to see him in a Philadelphia? No, 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 no. <laughs> like about his whole career and stuff. I, I'll throw it out once I got the stats on it on, on Wednesday or Thursday when we do episode. But um, Tennessee Titans, yeah, the, it was cool to see an end of an era. I mean. Yeah. I don't think they ever really had a shot at winning a Super Bowl, but they had a number one uh, a year where they were the number one seed in the AFC. Mm. Like Tannehill and Derrick Henry did, they put they put they their heart and soul into that city. Yeah, they went like, to the AFC Championship. They had a good run with Rabel and um and, and Tannehill and Henry. Yeah, they, I never took success. them as a threat. No. I never once considered them a threat. I hate saying that because I do re- at least respect them. Like they're. They're vets, and I don't know. You buying into the rumors that if the New England Patriots move on from Bill Belichick, Mister Mike Vrabel might be throwing his hat in the yeah. ring to take over in New England. So there was Black Monday was pretty quiet today. Like um, you had Washington, Carolina, and um, and uh, Washington, Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith. Yeah, so that, <laughs> that was at twelve one a.m. <laughs> they didn't waste any time. Hilarious, but. Uh, yeah, they, I think there's still Tennessee. They're apparently, Tennessee's waiting from ownership to kind of hear what's going on there. Chicago's waiting to hear what's going on there. So, yeah, they're, I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying the whole he would go to New England. Because I don't think there's going to be trades for coaches. Like, I don't think you trade in Vrabel. Just went yeah, but look how much that, like, how disaster. It never works yeah. out. I think teams are going to start realizing, organizations start realizing we should be trading for head coaches. So, just some, some more coming to Tennessee. Quickly, Washington Commanders. The bad men are gone, Washington. You've done it. Ron Rivera and Dan Snyder are out the door. Sure are. Rivera era in, in Washington was a disaster. 26 and 40 in one record um, over 67 games. The offense finished 26 in success rate under him over those four years. Just bad, bad, bad offensive play. So they have the number one over the number two overall pick coming, the most cap space in the league, a complete fresh start for Washington fans. I'm, I'd be pumped if I'm watching oh, right now. Yeah, this is awesome. This, this is like a fan's dream. You got a complete clean slate. Start from scratch. The bad man Dan Snyder is gone. The bad man Ron Rivera is gone. Washington fans should be excited. Get Caleb Williams and Jake May come in the door. One of the two. You're yeah. right. It's uh, I. Sam Howell. I don't think he has the no. trade value that I. He's he'll be a back. He'll be their backup next year probably. Like yeah. I would keep him in the building and just give him. I guess. Yeah. Why not? But. That's kind of what Sam Howell was projected. As <laughs> <Yeah. a> dr- <laughs> like, <laughs> he was a chaotic player this year. Yeah, I it's it, we. This is exactly what we expected the season to be for Washington. Like we said, Ron Rivera is a one hundred percent sure to be fired at the yep. end of this year. It's new ownership. They're going to come in and get their new guys. It's what's happening. They they might not even have the same name next season. For all we know, like I do think anything is up for grabs in Washington. It's new ownership. They're gonna they're gonna do things their way starting next season. They had to. They they had to take a year to just wipe the floor clean. They mm-hmm. traded Montez Sweat. They traded Chase Young. I do think the return might end up being a little underwhelming. I don't know. It feels like NFL trades always are. I don't know why. Like, but Chase Young getting uh, you drafted him second overall, and he turns into what a third round pick. That that that's underwhelming. Like that's a guy that we were really excited about, and he never never blossomed into that perennial defensive player of the year candidate. A lot of people thought he was going to be and. That's on that's on Ron Rivera, defensive guy. He never he 
the defenses were always okay. Like they were above average, I guess, but the defensive line was all first round picks. That mm. so that's and that's what their defense was built they off. Just four I, in a row, and they two yeah. of them are gone now. Yeah, and I just don't I don't I don't think Ron Rivera as a defensive minded head coach, you can look at that unit and say he deserves They finished thirty first at defensive DVOA this year. <laughs> they besides they gave the Cardinals down the stretch. Yeah. But even before that, they were the worst defense, even like in the league by the time they even trade those guys. So it was it was a bad year for Washington. Um, I'm trying to find uh, just quickly. They interviewed so many guys. They put in so many requests for interviews. Yeah, today no, they were way ahead of the game. Good. They knew from they knew it a month ago. They were firing guys. Like they they came out today with like seven general manager interview requests, six coaching interview requests. They they got off hot like off and running today. Yeah. So um, no, and that's the way it should be for them. They yeah. are starting with a blank slate, right? This is this ownership group's really first hire, and they should exhaust all. All uh, all avenues. Yeah, cast a wide net in a coaching search. We'll talk about some coaching candidates next week. Before we go quickly, Warren Z, NFL playoff schedule game you're looking at? Every single one. <laughs> I, I, like, so, so Saturday, excited. Browns, Texans, yeah. Saturday night, Dolphins, Chiefs, Sunday at 1, We're Steelers, starting Bills. With Joe Flacco. That's got the, juice. The Flacco. Flacco the Flacco Stroud. Stroud. I, Who I like had it. that before the season yeah. as the first playoff game of the year? Is going to be Joe Flacco versus CJ yeah. Stroud, and we're going to be jacked up about it. I think the best game is clearly Rams Lions. Oh, that's got the most like feels. Stafford going back to Detroit, I know, hey, man. You know what? You know what? This is a damn big revenge game for Jerry Goff too. Yep, they, they looked him. at him and said, "We can't win a Super Bowl with you. You're gone. You're out of here. We're bringing in somebody else." They do win a Super Bowl. This is like as much as we're talking about Stafford, rightfully so. We got to talk about it. This is a big game. Both game these for guys Jerry. got chips on their shoulders for this game, baby. Jerry Goff hosting a playoff game for the Lions. Who saw that coming when that trade was made? Stafford's wife posted the clip of like the the video of him leaving, like the 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 emotional video where they did like the nine minute compilation of him like saying goodbye. I was like cried a little bit today watching yeah. that man. It was kind of sad. Like you forget how how much Stafford was loved in Detroit, but I think that's clearly the best game in the playoffs. All right, Warrenzy. We'll Anything be back. We'll be we'll be doing uh, weekend wagers. Yes, we're gonna break edition. down. We're gonna break down all six of these games. I know. Uh, I'll I'll be poking and prodding you for to talk about your Eagles one more time, but maybe it's maybe we'll have to do it two more times. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys later this week for weekend wagers. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure to help out the show. Appreciate you, and we will talk to you later.